0: So Rachel, yeah, beware Ferengi bearing gifts, Captain Picard receives the Stargazer, a ship considered lost that he had once commanded.
1: Hmm. What do you
0: think you're going to get?
1: They'll be giving him the gift of being smacked with an electric whip, (laughs) or maybe the gift is of a ship which tricks Picard into thinking it used to be his, but it does that so the walls can then close in and it uses him as fuel. (laughs) Troy senses this vaguely, but is ignored.
0: And that sounds like an episode of Next Gen to me. Woohoo!
2: Rachel Watches Star Trek! Captain's Log, Stardate 41723.9. In response to a Starfleet order, we are in the Zendi Sabu star system, having rendezvoused with a Ferengi vessel which has requested a meeting. Although we arrived here and made appropriate signals to the Ferengi three days ago, they have so far responded only with the message Stand by, Enterprise.
1: Welcome to Rachel Watchy Star Trek. I'm Rachel Lackey.
0: And I am Christopher Lackey. I'm going by Christopher now, what do you oh, think?
1: Oh, well, you're getting older now, aren't you?
0: Is it more distinguished? Or is it more childlike? Christopher. Christopher Oh boy, I don't know. Now this episode is called The Battle. It was a teleplay by Herbert J. Wright, based on the story by Larry Forrester, who was directed by Rob Bowman.
1: Very well, I think.
0: Yeah. I think it was directed pretty well. A lot of my problems with this episode come from the script. As usual. As usual. It begins with the Enterprise in the Zendi Sabu system next to a Ferengi ship. They've been ordered by Starfleet to meet with the Ferengi, and when they got there, the only response they got from the Ferengi ship was standby Enterprise. Hmm. They've been standing by for three days.
1: What? Why are they so soft?
0: Ah, They're
1: just sitting around like cheese at fourpence.
0: What? <laughs>
1: Which I guess was an expensive cheese at the time.
0: <laughs> That's what no one
1: would buy. It, I don't know. At it's just a, yeah, it's a Yorkshire phrase, huh. which I presume comes from the war or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you it don't just even... means you're sitting around, no one's bothering with you, you know. Huh? Yeah.
0: Never heard of that one before.
1: What is the point of this mission that's worth having a thousand people just waiting around for three days?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Waiting
1: on these D-balls that no one trusts.
0: It seems ridiculous. Yeah,
1: what a premise is that?
0: I'm calling shenanigans and it's only the first (laughs) 30 seconds of the episode.
1: Picard's pretty grouchy, but I would be too given this, and he's got a major headache.
0: Yes, Picard comes in to see Dr. Crusher about this headache. He confesses that he's been feeling wore out. She's like, I don't encounter headaches very often. People just don't suffer from headaches anymore.
1: Why? How did they achieve that?
0: Technology. Mm. Medical technology.
1: I looked at the National Migraine Centre in the UK. Mm. Migraine is a disorder of the brain where the nerves become overstimulated and cause a cascade of chemicals to be released. And they point to several common triggers, including low blood sugar due to a skipped meal. Have they solved that one in the future?
0: Yeah, they just Have good meals all the time. Regular,
1: really nutritious meals all the time. Yeah. Dehydration. I've never seen anyone have a drink except for booze and coffee on this show. And Mm. those are additional triggers. Yeah. Except tranya or poisoned water. (laughs) Poor sleep is a trigger which can affect shift workers, which I presume these people are, some Mm -hmm. of them. Yeah. Stress, travel, computers. Oh, boy. Menopause. Crusher alone should be a non-stop walking migraine. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's... uh problem too i have with this episode is she scans him i don't see anything wrong if he is suffering from pain their medical sensors should be able. like you were you just said here overstimulated causes a cascade of chemicals to be released
1: right she so should be able to see that
0: she can't can't she see that that's going on in his body and trying to figure out what's causing that to happen and mm. if they can't figure out what's causing it shouldn't he maybe be taken off of command
1: well yeah isn't that the whole point of her Yeah, and he's already said he's tired. Which I mean, he's only been doing this for six or seven weeks by now, so
0: I guess so. A bit early, isn't it? (laughs) But they've just been sitting on their thumbs for three days. Yeah. She tells him to come to sick bay for some more thorough tests later. He says he's busy waiting around, doing nothing, I guess. And she reminds him, "You've got an order to report to sick bay from the only person aboard the ship who can give you an order."
1: I love it, and she's very commanding in her delivery of it. But let's see how that pans out.
0: So they finally get a hail from the Ferengi, and Picard takes it up on the bridge. It's another close-up of a Ferengi, this fellow called Damon Bach. They
1: sure do love their close-ups. Maybe their bridge is tiny, so you can't actually get back from the camera.
0: Sure, and it's all a white all whites, background. Yeah. So either they were saving money on a budget, or maybe, story-wise, the Ferengi don't like people looking in on their ship, mm-hmm. and so they do this close-up thing to like make it so that they can't see what they're up to. Yeah. Now, Daemon is a title similar to Captain in the Ferengi world.
1: Oh, right. I see.
0: Universal Translator, why does it not translate Daemon to Captain and call him Captain Bach instead of Daemon Bach? Because it sounds cooler. Exactly. Bach knows of Picard, but Picard doesn't know squat about Bach. Bach wants to meet in person and Picard wants to have Bach on the Enterprise as opposed to him going over there.
1: Here he is chatting to Picard.
2: I have asked you here to discuss a mutual problem, Captain. What problem is that, De Montbar? I insist on speaking of that matter in person. Shall we meet on your vessel or mine?
1: We've got very different Ferengi this time. Mm-hmm. Well spoken, more human, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. And they want to meet in person. Yeah. Our crew listen to try when she says that she senses deception. But only to the extent that they say, come on over here then, rather than, we'll go to you. Yeah. Which pisses off Worf, who's the only one who remembers what a-holes these guys are. (laughs) Or even remembers what happened in the last outpost.
0: It's true. Before Bach comes over, Dr. Crusher wants to do those scans. She still can't find anything wrong with him. She again states that people used to get headaches all the time, but with modern technology and their understanding of pain, they're not a problem anymore.
1: (laughs) I'm not buying it.
0: It doesn't set well with me at all. I feel like they should be able to detect something if there was extra neurological activity going on
1: yeah.
0: or if it's in a strange or different pattern.
1: Which Troy, to a certain extent, figures out. Yes. She knows there's more than one thing going on in his thoughts anyway.
0: It's very frustrating to me because medical technology often fails in Star Trek when it ruins plot. Right. So Crusher gives Picard some pain relief and sends him on his way.
1: She's got some cool tech. I'll give her that. Or it looks cool anyway, even if it doesn't actually diagnose (laughs) anything accurately. Yeah, it's cool. She just touches something to his head and it masks the pain. Rather than making the pain go away, it makes him not feel it. Yeah, which is that. What any painkiller does. Actually? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so that's not as good, really.
0: Back to the bridge. Wesley shows up and explains that he was working on boosting the long-range sensors when he detected a ship approaching.
1: This outfit is some kind of something, <laughs> <laughs> and I read that this is going to be his constant uniform now. Rainbow stripes. Yep. Really eighties jumper. Yep with a little turtleneck underneath. That's
0: his kind of ensign-in-training outfit, yeah.
1: That's bold. I mean, it's nothing to do with everyone else's uniform. (laughs) I thought at least they'd base it on everyone else's uniform. It's
0: very strange. I don't understand.
1: Plus, isn't he supposed to be an autumn on the color thing? And that's not... No, it's not autumn. He butts in, ignores Riker, and orders Geordi about. But to be fair, the information is pretty crucial riker calls him out on bringing it in person rather than calling it in wanting the glory and being nosy to see how it'll play out will wheaton in memories of the future said this is the point where the official scribes of fanfiction spontaneously devise seven thousand different ways to shove things up wesley's ass and kill him however not even this gary sue can make a connection between the random ship knocking about and the ferengi beaming over any second
0: oh, yeah there's a lot of dumb stuff going on in this episode. Mm. They soon detect that it is an unidentified constellation class Federation ship, but it is not responding to hails and it is not giving out an identification. The Ferengi beam over to the bridge, which is kind of weird. <laughs> it's Bach and two other officers, Kazago and Arada.
1: Yeah, we're beaming straight to the bridge now. Mm. I guess it's cheaper than having to shoot the little stage.
0: <laughs> Transporter room. room, right? Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: Are you annoyed with me saying little stage now? It's got old for you, hasn't it? It's wrong, isn't it?
0: It feels like you're just poking me. It's cute, though, isn't it? Because you know what the transporter room is now.
1: Yeah, but this is our parlance of the show,
0: isn't it? Uh, Yeah.
1: It's all I've got to differentiate me from the 50 million other Star Trek podcasts. (laughs) The Ferengi are wearing little faux fur booties and a sash with shiny sleeves. Bok has chosen a different acting style from the other two. Or is he a different class, maybe? Maybe, yeah. He's more of your sort of Shakespearean type alien yeah, and they're doing less hunching and prancing around, but they are doing some.
0: But way toned down. Way toned down. So Bach tells Picard that the Federation ship is under Ferengi control and that it is a gift for the hero of Maxia. Picard figures out that he's referring to this incident that took place nine years ago when he was in command of the USS Stargazer.
1: Get out of there, Picard! Get out! (sighs) Get them out!
0: It's so... And then get out of there. It's so annoying. (laughs) He explains they were traveling through Maxia's Zeta system when they were attacked by an unknown vessel. Bach reveals that it was actually a Ferengi ship. Picard gets another headache, but toughs it out. They see that the ship is in fact the Stargazer. Bach explains that they found it adrift and want to give it as a gift to the Federation free of charge. (laughs)
1: There's lots of shock horror from the Ferengi minions that he doesn't want payment for the ship. This deal is as dodgy as all get out, so why does Picard accept it?
0: I think he knows that there is something going on, they're up to something, but the only way they're going to figure it out is by oh. playing it out, yeah. Why are
1: they there, though? I wasn't frustrated watching it. I actually really enjoyed watching this episode. Yeah. But thinking about it now... Yeah. It's annoying me.
0: <laughs> I agree. When I watched it, I was like pretty cool with everything that was going on. But as yeah. I started doing notes, there were so many things that oh. just don't make sense.
1: So you think he's just going along with it to see how it'll play out? Yeah. Because they're well, never going to be honest, even if he calls them on their
0: Right? Yeah. Dishonesty. yeah. So he's being cautious and okay. let's be extra careful when we go over to the ship or let's be extra careful when we do this thing because... Well,
1: extra careful compared to what they normally oh, do on God. Star Trek. not compared to any rational human being.
0: No. Picard is back in sickbay.
1: He's in a diagnostic machine, I presume.
0: Mm-hmm. Troy is there as well and says that she feels something as well, some kind of thought, but in a mechanical kind of way.
1: Yeah, Troy, the Ferengi are doing it. Get out of there. At least consider it.
0: It's so frustrating because as the audience, you and I came to the conclusion very quickly <laughs> What was basically the end of it.
1: Before we'd even seen the orb that they were using.
0: Yeah. And they don't. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty big beef with poorly written sci-fi. And
1: actually, the professionals know as much as the audience do. It's not that we've seen an extra scene where no. they're doing stuff to him.
0: Yes, exactly. And that is terrible. Yeah. And it's really frustrating. I gotta say, later on, Star Trek does a really good job of not doing that. They better. Picard dismisses Troy's observations by saying he's been thinking about the Stargazer a lot. He even smells smoke when no one else does.
1: I like the increasing intrusion of another reality onto Picard. It does build the tension and the investment in his character.
0: He is having phantom sensations, like he's smelling smoke when there's no smoke. And why is Beverly allowing him to be in command?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's
0: preposterous.
1: Her only idea for it is that it's stress or remembering a difficult Dude. situation, even if it is that. Get him out of there.
0: Get him out of there. That's You can't have uh, phantom sensations when you're supposed to be in command of a starship.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe even in the future, women are intimidated by men in control.
0: Could be. You know. In the observation lounge, Picard tells everyone about the battle.
2: We were traveling at warp two through the Maxia Zeta system, when this unidentified starship suddenly appeared and fired on us point blank rage. Where did it come from? It must have been lying in some deep moon crater. First attack damaged the shields in the confusion. They hit us a second time.
1: No clue who they were?
2: No names, no reason. Can you identify them, Vigo, if they come in a second time with our shields damaged?
1: Sir, who's Vigo?
2: He's my weapons officer on the Stargazer. Hey, hmm, I'm getting quite caught up in this. Your shields were failing, sir. Mm hmm. I, uh, improvised with the enemy vessel coming in for the kill. I ordered a sensor bearing, and when it came into the return arc, you performed what Starfleet textbooks now refer to as the Picard maneuver. Well, I did what any good helmsman would have done. I dropped into high warp, stopped right off the enemy vessel's bow, fired with everything I had. And blowing into maximum warp speed, you appeared for an instant to be in two places at once. And our attacker fired on the wrong one.
1: What an actor. This is the first episode where I've really seen him shine. Yeah. He's been given the space too, hasn't he? I don't get it, though, how they <laughs> use this Picard maneuver.
0: Honestly, I don't quite get it either. But I'll tell you what I think it's supposed to be. Mm. That warp is faster than light speed. Right. Okay. So when they go to warp, the light is still leaving the last location that it was at. Yeah. So when it, they get closer to it, it looks like there's two ships at once. Now, this is where I... I have a problem with it. The only way that would work is they would have to be really far apart because mm-hmm. light travels at 300,000 kilometers a second. Oh. So that would mean to get a second of lag time, they would have to be at least 300,000 kilometers away, which in Star Trek, most ships that are in combat with one another are at a maximum range of 190,000 kilometers. Usually it's more like 500 kilometers or something like that. What
1: did you say the speed of light was?
0: 300,000 kilometers per second. good
1: grief. Can their phases even reach that far?
0: No way, 300 is way too far. Yeah. But it would take one second for a beam of light to get through that distance. Yeah. If they were, let's say, 5,000 kilometers, this jump ahead would only give them a fraction of a second of a double image. Not enough time for them to be confused and go, oh no, which one do I shoot? Mm. So. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, or maybe I'm misunderstanding it. Mm. I, I've read about it, and I think I've got it. I think it's one of those things that sounded cool, Yeah. and the writers went with it, but when you actually sit and think about it, it doesn't make much sense. But if I'm wrong, hey.
1: Let us know. Let us know in the comments.
0: Let's talk about the Picard maneuver, because it sounds cool.
1: Maybe their screen's just got a really slow refresh rate. <laughs> and it shows one image a second. It could be. five seconds. Riker does his affectionate smiley bit and calls Picard on his modesty. You did it first, sir. You suck up. <laughs> Picard says they destroyed the Ferengi ship. Then he had to get everyone into shuttlecrafts where they drifted for weeks. I wonder how long those are equipped for.
0: I don't know. Obviously for fuel
1: and food.
0: More than weeks.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> then he claims he hasn't thought about it for years. As if. Although he's probably seen a lot, hasn't he?
0: Well, yeah, gee whiz. Just in this series. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Data, Yar, Worf, and LaForge beam over to inspect the Stargazer.
1: Well, at least that's some smart thinking. A thorough inspection should take a few hours, I guess, with advanced tech. No, they just have a quick butchers at the bridge and say, I'm sure it's fine. Bring him over. (laughs) What's the point?
0: So LaForge is able to get the emergency power on and it looks okay. So they beam Picard over. When he gets there, he refers to the ship as his old friend.
1: It's like Kirk having a meaningful relationship with the ship. Yeah. nice little bit of a touchstone to TOS there. Mm.
0: He goes to his old cabin and looks through some stuff and then he gets another headache, but this one hits him very hard, causing him to fall over. We see that there is a glowing sphere in with his things, and then we see Bach on his ship with a similar sphere doing some kind of stuff, looking at a screen. It obviously is affecting Picard, so now we know for sure Bach is doing something.
1: Yes, we already already knew.
0: knew. Dr. Crusher takes Picard back to the Enterprise and then to sickbay.
1: This is from Will Wheaton in Memories of the Future. Riker looks at Troy and very seriously asks what's wrong with his captain. Oh, cool, we're finally going to get to see Troy use her Betazoid abilities to tell us something more interesting than pain, pain. This will be the moment when Troy transitions from useless one-dimensional plot device into a real character. What's she going to say? The camera dramatically pushes in on her as she looks at Riker and quietly says... I wish i could say (laughs) man if i were marina i would have been furious about this this is a scene which unquestionably should have played out with her deepening the character of troy and strengthening her relationship with the captain Mm. (laughs) it was very annoying when she said that yeah
0: it's also just bad writing because she she should know she should go his mind's being affected something's going on it's he's not well Yes. Get him out of command.
1: Yes, I send something mechanical. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's affecting his ability to think or be in the present.
0: Preposterous. The Enterprise takes the Stargazer into a tractor beam. Data tells Picard that they are sending a tug to bring the Stargazer to the nearest starbase. So then why are they tractor beaming it?
1: Oh, I'll just get it there quicker. Will it? It looks cute, though, doesn't it? It does look cute. <laughs> it's like the effect.
0: Picard takes a little nap, and he has dreams of the stargazer and then the battle as well. While napping, Data tells Riker that they have found discrepancies in the logs. Seems Picard was the one who actually attacked the Ferengi ship without provocation, and it is his voice giving the logs.
1: Well, there's no tension there, is there? Because it's clear that it's not him, and of it's course. been faked. Everyone knows it. Yeah. Why even bring it up?
0: It's stupid. Riker shows this to Picard who denies he ever said it, or that he did what it said that he did.
1: But totally non-defensively.
0: No, no. He seems a bit confused by this, obviously, and he totally understands that they have to report this to Starfleet.
1: I like this. He's reasonable. Mm -hmm. Riker has integrity. He's going to follow the rules.
0: Picard has another headache attack, and then he goes in for a rest. Riker, sensing shenanigans, calls the Ferengi First Officer, Kazago. Riker mentions how strange it is that they just gave the ship to them for free, not making any kind of profit off of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you might want to mention that to Picard, or whoever should really be in (laughs) command, which I guess is now Riker, is it? Yeah, It's also strange that there would be any relationship between the two First Officers just because it's First Officer to First Officer. But I do like seeing Riker at least attempting to solve or investigate this and taking the initiative. Riker likes to undercut a bit of the simpering diplomacy that Picard is kind of serving with a dose of reality. So
0: I like that. It seems that Riker has some kind of hunch that the second in command isn't part of the plot, or maybe mm. he's thinking maybe, it, and that's why he's contacting the second command directly and not the captain. Yeah. Let me feel this guy out, and I think he gets an answer to it. Dr. Crusher comes into Picard's quarters to check on him again, but he's worrying about the battle and if he did the right thing.
1: Want to talk about it? I'm here. Or oh, you could get the counselor. I was thinking, <laughs> she hadn't done anything yet. <laughs>
0: Crusher listens and then gives him a sedative and puts him to bed.
1: Without consent, by the way. Yeah. She thinks it's an emotional thing due to reliving the past, even though no one has headaches anymore.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: Maybe question what the Ferengi are bringing to the table here.
0: It's so frustrating. Picard <laughs> dreams again and we have flashbacks to the incident, but this time we see Bach on his ball laughing maniacally. <laughs> Data tells Riker they figured out the logs from the Stargazer were forgeries. So we that's knew that. wrapped
1: up. That was a waste of everyone's time, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Picard comes in with a spring in his step.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's all chilled and friendly.
0: Picard sends everybody out of the room except for Riker, and he tells Riker to disengage the tractor beam on the Stargazer.
1: You can tell Riker's dubious, but he can't disobey. Or can he, given that Bev should have stuck around to see if Picard needs signing off?
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that should have happened a long mm, time ago yeah. in this episode that didn't.
1: In sick Bay, Crusher and Troy are talking headaches when Wesley saunters in to tell them the captain's brain patterns are exactly the same as low-intensity transmissions coming from the Ferengi ship. They leave with that crucial information, but forget to say goodbye. <laughs> Good job they've got Wesley, since none of the other expert dum-dums can work out this connection. <laughs> Wesley says, You're welcome, ladies. Huh. Adults. Another line Will credits as driving the hate mail. Aww.
0: Aww. They tell Riker about this transmission, believing Picard might be compromised. But too late, Picard is on the stargazer and the shields are up. On the bridge of the stargazer, we see Bach with his spear. He tells Picard that this is about revenge. The ship he destroyed years ago was his son's first command. So he saved up all of his money, two lifetimes of wealth, to buy these mind control spears, which are highly illegal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> some Khan level stuff. He's no Khan though, is he?
0: <laughs> he is definitely no Khan. Damon Bach beams back to his ship, leaving the sphere behind.
1: Wait, I thought he needed the sphere to control the other sphere, which is in Picard's old quarters. But then why was Picard already getting headaches even before he went to the ship where the sphere is in his old quarters?
0: You're right. Why did he get headaches even before the stargazer was anywhere near them? Yes. I thought it was some kind of signal booster as I was watching the episode, Yeah. but that doesn't make any sense because it's not here now. It's just the one that he was using to control. I guess he set the controls to autopilot.
1: Hmm. Work out what your rules are, come on.
0: Oh, boy, on the Enterprise, they find the other spear in Picard's quarters. No one checks when they bring things on board. <laughs> yeah. Like nobody, it's like, what's this? We've never seen this kind of technology yes. before. Riker calls Kazago and asks him what the spear is. Kasago is surprised and he says that it's a thought maker and that it's very illegal. Picard hails them and it's obvious that Picard thinks that the Enterprise is actually the Ferengi vessel from years ago. Mm -hmm. So he's caught in his memory. and he's going to attack the Enterprise. Riker knows that Picard is going to pull the Picard maneuver because he also has figured out what's going on here Yes, and asked Data to come up with a defense against the Picard maneuver.
1: Will Wheaton continues, Data counters with the first season The Next Generation Writer's Maneuver. If you're in trouble with less than five minutes remaining in the show, use a stunning display of expository techno babble and some spiffy visual effects to wrap things up. It's a bit quirky that Data says there isn't a solution, and Riker says, find one anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and he was right to do so.
0: Kasago hails them and tells Riker Bach has been taken out of command for his part in an unprofitable venture. Hmm. Data figures out that he can use the Enterprise's tractor beam to stop the Picard maneuver.
1: Would Sudden Warp give them time to do this?
0: I don't know. I'm just dubious of all of this stuff. It doesn't really make a lot of sense if you think about it. So yeah. you just have to go. They use technology.
1: Sure. It works, and Riker finally stops smiling and gets sexy.
2: Oh!
1: He tells Picard, phase of that sphere, and he does listen. Blam, the sphere explodes, Picard falls backwards, and he's back to normal.
2: Where right, my number one? Aboard the Stargazer, sir. The sphere you destroyed, it's been controlling your- Bok. Where is Bok? Removed from command, sir, and placed under guard for his act of personal vengeance. Seems there was no profit in it. In revenge, there never is. Let the dead rest. And the past remain the past. Enterprise, lock on. Beam me home, I
0: That's a weird ending. He's just come out of like a mental fugue, you know, like he's totally not in control of himself. And then he just has this speech all ready to go in his pocket, you know, about let's forget the past. Like he doesn't even know what's going on. Right. What's he forgiving? (laughs) You know, will he have
1: any awareness of what state he was just in?
0: I don't know. Oh,
1: yeah. Good point.
0: It just seemed really weird and forced. Like, we got to wrap this up in (laughs) a sentence here. So let's throw it in. Concepts.
1: It's a land beyond headaches. I bet migraine sufferers would love to believe that that could happen. Oh, what a yeah. horrible thing that is.
0: Mm-hmm. Ridiculous.
1: We've got some tech that's masking pain, but sounds like a paracetamol to me. <laughs> Different concept of Ferengis, but they still make it clear they're motivated by profit, which lots of people responded to our last Ferengi episode telling us was very clearly a Jewish stereotype at the time.
0: We had a lot of people write in about it, so I think that's something we can tackle on our comment show.
1: Yeah. The Ferengi are loving Zoom now that they've tried it, and they're trying to get a weekly quiz going. (laughs) 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 Weekly's too often.
0: It's too often. It's
1: too often. Same appearance, because they nailed it with the makeup the first time, didn't they? Different Mm -hmm. voices and manner. They're happy to beam over now. They enjoy a chat with Riker. Yeah. The mind control device. We don't know why it only works on Picard. Yeah. Calibrated somehow just for his brain patterns. How? We don't know why it worked before he was near one. Annoying no one found it in the search or even considered it might be the Ferengi doing something to his brain. Mm -hmm. The Picard manoeuvre we had, which sounds cool but we're not sure whether it would actually work. We had the brain waves and the patterns coming from the Ferengi ship being the same, which was... A cool thing that Wesley put together. I'm glad somebody finally did. Wesley is a genius more than Data. (laughs) What's Data doing there? He's
0: He's got other stuff to do, I guess. I don't know.
1: I give it a 6 out of 10.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, No, No. I don't do that. No, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10 just because I don't think that there are any cool sci-fi ideas that are new or fresh. It's a rehash of a bunch of older things.
1: We've had a lot of mind control before, haven't we?
0: Oh, yeah. And the way that this was handled was terrible. It <laughs> didn't just bother us at
1: the time though. Did it it? didn't
0: no cuz it was a well put together episode like it was well directed and well acted. So yeah. we kind of let all that stuff slide, but when you start doing notes and you start really thinking about this stuff, it is mm. preposterous.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to the comments on this one because uh, I think this going to be divisive. Oh, people like yeah. this episode a lot Yeah. yeah.
0: Entertainment. 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 oh yeah. yeah.
1: Patrick Stewart's acting was lovely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As I said, it was the first time to really see him shine in all of the complexity that he can portray. Really command the screen. Nice turn from Gates too. Mm-hmm. She's in charge. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> that system works great until the captain's dangerous and then the captain overrides the system yes, of the chief medical officer making him no longer in power. I thought everyone was active in this episode, even though I suppose there was quite a lot of talking. It seemed at the time that everybody was moving the plot forward, trying to solve it, working together. Mm-hmm. Not much for ya geordie or wharf to do though no it's frustrating when the audience is ahead of the characters yeah. in solving something i thought even the exposition was done dynamically though either through stewart's retelling of what had gone before or him responding to ghosts of the old crew we didn't mention actually the special effect they had of his memories of the old ship they put the crew members in the shots yeah but they'd done it in a different way so they look like ghosts
0: yeah they were transparent and luminous
1: director Rob Bowman said on filming those scenes, it was just Patrick on stage when I shot first unit. I put a little compass, a degree meter on the camera, and got vertical, horizontal, and lateral degrees, height of the camera, etc. Special effects supervisor Rob Legato then would go back and do matching shots of the people in the chairs, overexpose them, put a number 5 fog filter on, and transparent them about 50% on the screen so they looked like ghosts.
0: Oh, wow. So that was an in-camera effect.
1: It sounded like it, although he then said Says, that was all done in post-production but what he's just said make it sound like it was mm. all done in camera yeah That's a bit confused with that
0: Well maybe they did that in camera and then they composited together in post-production.
1: Yeah. And he also mentioned, I was the first person to use Steadicam on the show, which was fun. I try to use the Steadicam when I go onto other spaceships just to give them a different feel from the Enterprise, that sense of uneasiness. Hmm. So that's something to look out for. Yeah. And that's from the official Star Trek, The Next Generation magazine. Talking of ghosts, what a great show What We Do in the Shadows is. <laughs> and there was an episode in this most recent series where their own, even though they're vampires, their own ghosts also appeared as separate characters in the show watch that show everybody if you can get it it's really funny it's yeah. so good
0: that makes sense to me though when you're a vampire are not a person yeah. anymore yeah. so yeah. yeah their souls are gone they're soulless monsters
1: yeah now that's 10 out of 10 for concepts <laughs> 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 i thought it was effective direction from rob bowman including of frank Corsentino, who played damon bock i thought he did a really good performance mm. here yeah will gives it a c plus i'm going to give it seven out of ten
0: I'm gonna give it a five. Just oh, because really? I think you it's you
1: enjoyed it at the time though.
0: Uh yeah, I did, but I'm so angry at it right now that it's making me not enjoy it and thinking uh, unfavorably about But I did notice a sense of frustration with the crew hmm. not getting it. Not figuring out what was going on.
1: Yeah. I don't remember thinking that much at the time. These are not for analyzing, are they? They're for watching. Yeah. And the experience that you have at the time.
0: Sure, yeah. Mm. Okay. A five. It's a five. <laughs> it's, a, it's a middle of the road episode.
1: Can't be convinced.
0: Entertainment wise.
1: Well, I enjoyed it and I did not look at the clock. Great. Sexiness. Sexiness. <laughs> Troy's makeup is really working for her. Mm. Although I'm not quite there yet with her being the main sex symbol, which I've heard she is. Is she?
0: I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, she gets sexy later on. Yeah. There's some more sexy stuff. The 80s are a
1: funny time for <laughs> <laughs> beauty. Rika being commanding is sexier than smiling Riker. <laughs> I don't know why I've got such a problem with his smiling. I think it seems a little insincere or something like that. I did have a moment of wondering if I fancied Data. Oh. But then I didn't. Wow. I think it's the hair. They've all got that. that hair that's too long at the back. Yeah. 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 Geordie's got a certain something, but without seeing his eyes, it's hard to fall for him. Yeah. The windows to the soul, aren't they?
0: Chris? Yeah, of course I get that. Yeah.
1: Sweaty Picard in bed. Is that sexy? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit sexy. <laughs> Three out of five.
0: I didn't notice any of these things, so I'm going to have to just give it my standard 2.5. Fair enough. Guesses.
1: Well, there were no electric whips, which I knew really, because yeah. they're not coming back, are they? No. The ship didn't trick him, and it was his ship, but there was mind control. Troy was not ignored. Not very good guesses. Oh, well. Next week, Hyde and Q.
0: Mm, Q's back
1: already. Oh, he's playing a little <laughs> sneaky game. <laughs> I want to say thank you to some new patrons. All right. Thank you, Lieutenant Heather Clinky. What? Hey. She's
0: joined our crew.
1: Friend in real life and friend of the show.
0: Oh, Heather, thank you so much.
1: Ensign Rebecca Sandy, Tom Connery, And Peter Mellet, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Now, here's a little news section, Chris. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's what's been happening on Twitter.
0: What's going on on Twitter?
1: Just people saying stuff. Oh, okay. And here's some of them. Over on Twitter, at Star Trek Rachel, here are some of the little highlights. Mm. At Baron Saber said, Chris and Rachel, as you watch these episodes, consider this smart theory by at Secunda. Troy has no powers. People humour her, and this is supportive because she only states the obvious or can't sense anything when it matters. <laughs> She's just a friend of Picard's yeah. that has been brought along because uh, he's a bit worried about her being lonely or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: In response to a clip of us dancing, which I put up on Twitter, all oh, right John Hancock said, Now exchange outfits and let's see it again. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, uh, I'm wearing Rage's Uhura Leotard outfit. Yeah,
0: you and uh, Rage seem to be getting very close. They're sharing outfits <laughs> with well, one I another. I made
1: it for her. So. I just felt like I could wear I it and then send it to her.
0: Mm, okay, yeah.
1: Yeah. And finally, Rage Smacky oh, said, God. at Rage Smacky, trusting that next generation will get better by season three is like trusting a bad kisser will be good at going downtown. Oh, my God. To which Phil Esterbrook said, Rage Smacky may be ragy and smacky, but she's also clearly using the best available Star Trek data to this point to make an accurate prediction. <laughs> 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 so there's some fun going on over there coming in.
0: Uh huh. I don't know about this race. She's so aggressive and it it Not bothers really. me. Well, she says all these things and I just I like next gen, obviously. Yeah. Nobody's making you watch it, so I don't know why she's getting so bent out of shape about it. But also I'm a little confused because I, I kinda of find her attractive. And I'm a married <laughs> man. I find you very attractive. Yeah. And I, I don't know.
1: Oh goodness. am I'm, I'm conflicted. What a conflict, yeah. yeah,
0: I am conflicted. Maybe I need to meet her in person and we could kind of work this out. Yeah, the, you the should three get of in us, touch and say well The three of us get together. I'm quite
1: busy most of the time. But you should get in touch with her and just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you might be able to soothe her.
0: Uh possibly. I don't, know. I don't I have a talk with her and see if I can calm her anger yeah. about next gen.
1: Have you done a workout video yet?
0: I, I have not done the actual workout video yet, but it does look very uh, sweat inducing.
1: Yeah, I'll do that and then see how you feel. Oh, alright. Yeah. That
0: seems fair. With that, I'm Chris Lackey.
1: And I'm Rachel Lackey. And
0: you've been listening to
1: Rachel Watches Star Trek.
2: Star Trek!